Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 310 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother. No, it's Storyline Brother Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on, dude? Well, unfortunately, we lost another legend this week. The great Corporal Kirshner passed away at the age of 64. And... It makes you look at guys like it's bad when a legend passes away. You immediately start thinking, okay, what figures did they have? Did we get enough representation of that person? And I would say with Corporal Kirshner, the answer is no. I mean, it's not like the guy had a tremendous run in the WWF, but he had a very memorable run in the WWF, right? The Cold War was a big thing. The war with Iran or not war with them, but you know, the whole hostage thing and we couldn't get Iron Sheik because of Iran on the side of his tights. But <laughs> Corporal Kirshner came in at a very a crucial time, really, because Sergeant Slaughter had left the company. They needed that American flag raw, raw guy to come in and do battle with these these Soviet and Iranian heels. And Corporal Kirshner fit the bill to a T. He was rough. He was rugged. He had a good look. You know, he was stubbled. He was non-stubbled. He was fully bearded. <laughs> little LJN humor there for you. And he really fit the bill perfectly to go toe-to-toe with those guys in boot camp matches and capture the flag matches, what have you. The perfect guy to fill the role. He looked the part for sure. He wasn't some scrawny dude. He was, like I said, rough and rugged. He, he fit the bill to a T. And unfortunately, he passed away this week. Now, I won't say that I'm overly familiar with his Leatherface run or... What other name? He went by another name too. Something leather. Yeah. No life like... till leather or something like that. No, that's a Metallica album, dude. Oh, my my apologies. <laughs> so I'm not familiar with that run. So I can't really speak to that. I just know from my childhood watching him do battle with the, the crappy heels. I absolutely loved it. I was fully behind Corporal Kirshner. I used his LJN a ton. His LJN coincidentally was in a great pose for moves, which we've always said is a big deal with LJNs whether it's a great figure or just a good figure. I think the Corporal Kirshner was a great figure. A couple of different versions of him too. He had the camouflage pants on. He had the tank top on. He had the beret. Just completely looked the part. Like ready to go battle with Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. R.I.P. Corporal Kirshner. I sent out this tweet. The very first match we ever saw live. Curtain Jerk, Oakland Coliseum in 1986. Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov. We left that night. And we went home and started playing with our LJNs. And guess what? The first match we had, or I had at least, on the LJNs. It was Kerpel Kirshner against Nikolai Volkov. I told this story a couple of years ago. We were at WrestleCon waiting to get Kenny Omega's autograph. And Celeste was in line and she goes, hey, I, I really need some food. And I was like, okay, well, let me go get you food. So I went into this little cafeteria area that they had and I picked up the food and I came walking back. And when I walked down this aisle, Corporal Kirshner and Nikolai Volkov were both sitting there. They're not supposed to do that. They hate each other's guts. Well, I went up to him and I've told the story before, so you guys might have heard this before, but I went up to them and I said, hey, this is really cool. You guys are the first match I ever saw live. It was at the Oakland Coliseum in 1986. Both of them looked at me like, okay, is there anything else you want, kid? So there's that awkward kind of stare-off going on. And I have this smile on my face, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. But in my head, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go F myself now. (laughs) Oh, big gulps, huh, guys? (laughs) All right, see you later. But it's funny because just seeing that when when I was walking down that aisle, it's like, oh my God, this is the first match I ever saw live. And the two guys are sitting right there. They were sitting there talking to each other. 
uh, Nikolai was at half of a table. Corporal was at the other half. But it, it sucks losing those guys because Corporal Kirshner, despite not being a big character in the 80s, he was that lower to mid card guy that you will always remember. For sure. And to this day, we still remember him. And it's not because of his LJN. It was because of his lower to mid card guy that you rooted for because, you know, he was USA. But at the same time, you you followed his character despite not being Intercontinental Champion or a tag champion or anything like that. You still rooted for him. Yeah, totally. And again, he really fit that bill when Slaughter left. They needed that that American character to step up and do battle with Sheik and Volkov. And Corporal Kirshner, he just fit that bill, man. He was that guy. He looked the part. He was perfect for it. And we got his LJN. We had, I believe there was a Bendy of him. I don't believe that there was a thumb wrestler. Correct me if I'm wrong. But after that, there was nothing. He wasn't in the Jack's Classic Superstars. Mm -hmm. We haven't yet gotten a Mattel of him. I've seen some customs done that were really well done. But really, he has that look that... Okay, we've had a bunch of Sergeant Slaughter figures, thankfully, but why haven't there been a lot of Corporal Kirshners? You know, a lot of people remember him, and you really see that when somebody passes away, the amount of love that pours out from the fan base. And I'm seeing a ton of it for Corp- for uh, Corporal Kirshner. Maybe that'll ring some bells out there like, hey guys, we need to produce some figures of this guy. There's definitely a fan base for him. He is very well remembered. Yeah, well... R.I.P. Corporal Kirshner. It's it's sad, too, because I was just thinking about that when I saw the text this morning that Corporal had passed away. And it, it, that was the first thing that came to my mind was sitting on the floor at Oakland Coliseum. Well, not on the floor, but sitting in the seats on the floor at the Oakland Coliseum. And that night, I remember you and I were just so stoked for that show. The music plays, you know, hey, welcome to the Oakland Coliseum. Let's get on with our first match. And then Nikolai comes out to a chorus of boos. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Nikolai Volkov is right there. And he's huge. He's huge. <laughs> Look at the and, barrel chest on that guy. And we were only, what, eight rows back, I believe? Yeah. Mom and dad got really good seats. Correct. We still had to kind of stand on our chairs because Scott and I being younger at the time. But yeah. we, we still could see everything pretty well. Then Kerpel comes out. And I remember the match was only like maybe six or seven minutes, I think. Yeah, and I want to say it was a boot camp match, like no DQ, because didn't Corporal take off his boot to beat Nikolai? He like hit him with his boot? I think it was something like that, yeah. Okay. So it's one of those happy memories that relates back to wrestling yet again. For sure. And like you said, it was monkey see, monkey do. You watched the match at the Coliseum and immediately went home, grabbed your LJN figures, and basically repeated the card from start to finish, and boom, Corporal versus Nikolai, first match out of the gate. So, again, hopefully we will get a wrestling figure toy company that wants to jump up and make a Corporal Kirshner figure. Absolutely. That guy has that toyetic look, as Breaker would say. Very, very well said. If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to ProWrestlingTees or WhatAManeuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram, Fully Opposable, WFP. You can go back and get any of our past podcasts on Podbean. Just head on over there. You can go all the way back to Episode 1, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to Fully Opposable, WFP, at Gmail dot com scott i was so excited because i did not eat chicken wings or a taquito this past week (laughs) lucky you so it sounds like you weren't the lucky recipient of food poisoning like i was correct correct no i will not get into that story yes it was gross (laughs) save it for your drunk wrestling history (laughs) maybe i will (laughs) Uh, but the good thing that did happen, I went to Target in Alameda. And of course, we went over there not expecting to find anything. And boom, right on the pegs was a earthquake with the Canadian flag on the chest. Royal Rumble figure. Beautiful. I love that figure. It's fantastic. They only had earthquake and big E. Now, I've got to be 100% honest with you guys. With the price jump, I think regarding elites, I'm going to have to pick and choose. So... What's in a suck is I'm not going to be able to pick up a full set to do a build a figure 
I may do it for the WrestleMania series because of Vince McMahon being in that. Yeah. But the Royal Rumble series coming with Jimmy Hart, I think I'm going to just have to scale it back a little bit. Like, am I going to want the Yokozuna? Am I going to want it? Yes. Am I going to pick it up? I've got other Yokozuna figures. Do I need it? It comes with a salt bucket. That's cool. I mean, I'm being serious. That is actually really cool. But do I need it? I will get the Dakota Kai. I am a big fan of Dakota Kai's. And I picked up the Earthquake, and I think I'm going to be good. Now, the WrestleMania series, I will definitely be picking up all of those. It's going to come down to, for me, because like you said, being like $25 now for an Elite, you're looking at $100 for a set of four to do a -a Build-A-Figure. If I can get a Vince for 40 or 50 yep. probably going to jump on that because I really want that Vince figure. But I also, at the same time, really don't want to spend $100 on four figures to make one Vince when I really don't want the other four figures that I had to buy to make the Vince. So if I can get a Vince for 40 or 50 bucks, I'm probably going to jump on that. There you go, man. That's the way to do it. Yep. And uh, I haven't really done any toy spotting. Again, with the Christmas budget and everything coming into play, I haven't really spent any money on myself. So I think after Christmas, and this might be a fun game to play. Hey, Jeff, if you got $200 for Christmas, what are you going to buy? Um, (laughs) If I got money for Christmas, I would probably go get the Sergeant Slaughter Valiverse figure. How cool is that figure? It's amazing. Like everybody's getting them this week. The shipments just went out and everybody's getting their figures and showing pictures. Yeah. And I've seen so many of that Sergeant Slaughter and he's incredible. And he's still available. He's still on bbts.com. So if I get money for Christmas, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go pick up that figure. And I'm kind of on the fence on the Coke Hogan figure. Uh, The what? The Coke Hogan. The the Survivor Series Hulk Hogan Elite. Oh, (laughs) I thought you said that. (laughs) That's a a great way of uh, describing that figure. Yeah. Wow. Look at his eyes. (laughs) Those are incredible. So the Hulk Hogan Survivor Series, I'm again, because I think I'm out on it. Really? Is it the face? It is the face. Yeah, I got you on that. I, I totally understand. The tough thing is, is the Bret Hart. Now, this is a Bret Hart that in an outfit that we've never gotten before. Now we're starting to sound like the Simpsons. This is a Malibu Stacy type deal going on. Ooh, Malibu Stacy with a new hat. You know, that type of deal. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I've always wanted Brett in one of these outfits. I've always wanted him in the Survivor Series 93 outfit. And I've always wanted him in this 96 outfit when he faced Austin. So I don't know, man. Well, at least they put the shades on his face. (laughs) Now we know why. (laughs) Yes. You take them off. You're like, whoa, put them back on. (laughs) So I've got to be honest, man. The price point has kind of deterred me on some things. Yeah, it's totally understandable, especially when you're not just buying wrestling figures. Or even if you are just buying wrestling figures with as many players are in the game, that's really having to spread out your money. And with all the prices everywhere going up on everything, you know, not just wrestling figures, but of course, also your wrestling figures, it's going to have to make you start throwing money in different directions, right? And not everything can go into your wrestling figure collection. Yeah. And I have to be a little bit more stingent on other lines as well. Like, I don't think I'll be as stingent on... G.I. Joe's, but I may have to scale back on the turtles. I love the turtles, but did I need to pick these up? You know, like I was talking about last week, did I need to pick up the movie turtle figures? Hell yeah, I did. But at the same time, like, (laughs) did I really need them? Well, the bad part that you put yourself into is now you need to get the actual turtles. Like you've got the villains and you've got a splinter, right? But now you need the turtles. Yeah. And actually, uh, Kyle Peterson has been finding a mess load of those on Walmart's pegs. Interesting. He hit a couple of Walmarts and dude, they were just flooded with those movie turtles. You got to pick them up because you need those to go with your figures. I got to complete that set. Yes. At least do that and then jump out of the turtle game. Good point. That's exactly what I need to do. Get those and call it a night. Yeah. Get out of the turtle game. You don't need to collect. Like that's a nice little bow on that turtle package. Just get the four turtles. Boom. No more turtle figures. Now maybe you can put that money into wrestling or GI Joe. That is true. That is true. Um, actually, Senator Porcupine, Luis Rivera, uh, hope you're feeling better, man. But uh, uh, Stone Cold Porcupine, I'd like Stone, to Stone, you are right. You are right. 
God, it's like you're on Twitter all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he was showing me all the different turtles that he's gotten into. And he was, I was like, man, I can't do that. And then he's showing me some of the prices on some of the ones that I guess you could kind of say are vaulted or no longer in existence or being out on shelves. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, I cannot do that. Yeah, he's got an impressive collection. In fact, today he was sending me pictures of his uh, McFarlane 66 Batman figures. He got the Batcave playset, he got the Batmobile, and he got Batman and Robin to go in it. Great looking figures, but I think I'm going to pass. He said they will scale with the old Mattel um, DC Legends figures. Uh huh. So you could, because I've got that Batmobile with Batman and Robin in it, the boxed one that came out. And he said you could get the Batcave to show the Batmobile in there and it'll scale properly, but I just, man, jumping into the superhero game again for me is, I think I might be good. I think I'm going to hold pat with what I've got and call it good, because jumping back into that game again, like you said, with prices going up of your other figures that you've been collecting, I don't know that I can add another collection. That's why I had to stay away from Masters of the Universe. Like, I really want to buy some of the, I see them, and I'm like, I've got to have a He-Man, and I'm like, wait, you buy He-Man, then you got to buy Skeletor. And when mm-hmm. you bu- got, when you buy Skeletor, well, then you got to get both cats to go with the guys. And if you're going to do that, you may as well get Beastman and Man at Arms. But then you got to get Tila because she's a badass. And then that's where the slope begins and you just start buying everything. And then you, before you know it, you got a Castle Grayskull sitting in your room. You're like, how the hell did that happen? Oh, you got a Castle Grayskull? No, of course I didn't. That's what I'm saying. That's what would happen oh. if I went down that slope. Oh, Travis and I need to make sure you get a Castle Grayskull. <laughs> Believe me, it's not. If I could get anything I wanted, I would have a Castle Grey Skull, dude. It's just, it's that whole budget that comes into play. And man, also, where would I put it? Because the thing's pretty big. You have a room. I do. You have a room now that you can put that stuff in. I do, but what if one day I get a USS flag? Okay. Well, I have the option of making the third car garage into a fifth bedroom just for the flag. I mean, that's not crazy, right? No, not at all. I think half of our audience is like, yeah, dude, that's nuts. The other half is like, that's completely logical. (laughs) We understand that. We completely understand that. Make sure you put air conditioning in there. Yeah, make sure you do that, by the way. Oh, completely. Yeah, I'm not going to go admire my flag in sweating heat. Uh Uh-uh, no thank you. (laughs) Oh, you would be having your own bat wings going on. (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) Scott, we've got to get into the news. What you say? Let's go talk about it. Oh, you going to learn today. Scott, let's start off with Jazzwares. They are doing a pop-up stage where it has two entranceways. So be on the lookout for you loose collectors that like to have your wrestlers come out of the pop-up stage from Jazzwares. Great for the figure photographers too. 100%. I'm going to just talk about Unmatched Series 3 real quick. Series 3, the 1 of 5,000 is a Brody Lee. The 1 of 5,000 will be him in his Dark Order outfit where it's just all black and it's got the purple symbol on the stomach area. And the Anna J will be 1 of 3,000. It will be her in a darker outfit. But as always, you can find the sticker. Look for the sticker up in the upper left-hand corner or whatever it is and just go from there. They absolutely did an amazing job on that Brody Lee figure. Well done, Jazzwares. Yeah, very much so. Also, I think they did a wonderful job on this whole series. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, these guys look great. They really do. They really do. And again, it's you watch that trajectory of when they first started off, you know, with that series with the Bucks and Omega and Jericho. You know, there were some nitpicks here and there, but you look at where they are now with this series, and it just shows their growth, and it's so impressive trajectory like when scott eats chicken strips from the chase center while trying to watch metallica (laughs) yes (laughs) the trajectory of the chicken strips firing back out of my system (laughs) was not great thanks for bringing it up again no problem at least you got to see them at uh aftershock so you didn't really miss much (laughs) yeah exactly i I got to hear it it sounded great (laughs) From the bathroom stalls. <laughs> <laughs> I was there in the bathroom. The acoustics in these bathrooms are great. <laughs> I will commend them for that, actually. It was like I was really watching the show. 
Oh, shit. I will promise not to try to bring that up anymore in the show. <laughs> Thank you for promising to try to not bring it up. Will it happen? More than likely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. You're welcome. Scott, let's move over to... <laughs> Let's move over to Cella Toys. We talked last week about the bone crushing action. Well, here it is. They showed off the first two renderings. The first two renderings was Blue Meanie and Adam Bob. I will say that these renderings do look better than the original bone crush crunching action figures from 1996. I want to see them before I can make an actual judgment on these, but I thought they looked cool. Again, going back to our toy talk earlier in the episode, this is one thing I can't get into. I told you guys last week about Dynamite Kid, but I just can't get into. I'm happy with their retro style figures. I'm really interested in their six inch line, obviously. So I want to focus on that from Cella Toys, but they are capturing a lot of people's nostalgia feels with these bone crushing action figures. So kudos to Cella Toys on these. Yeah, it's definitely right up their alley for what they've been doing for collectors and getting you right in the nostalgia feels. And bone crunching for a lot of collectors, that was their first foray into wrestling figures. So that's great that they're bringing them back out there, calling them bone crushing. And as you said, Jeff, the renderings look fantastic so far. So keep it going. Dude, I will say this. Adam Bomb looked like Nathan Explosion from Metalocalypse. (laughs) Dude, there's one picture where they show his face without the goggles on because the goggles will be removable. But there was one expression on his face. I was like, oh my God, that's Nathan Explosion from Metalocalypse. And now somebody's going to have to do a custom. I will buy that custom. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I need that custom of Nathan Explosion. So keep an eye out on Cella Toys, see if they announce any more names. And we recorded early last week, as we had mentioned... And we talked about the gold Minoru Suzuki that was not yogurt from Spaceballs. It was not. We At the time, we didn't know who was making the Minoru Suzuki. We come find out it is coming from Storm Collectibles. So Storm Collectibles coming out with Minoru Suzuki. Scott, you asked me if I'm going to be purchasing that. I said, does the Rock use a water bottle to pee in when he works out? The answer is yes. Does the Pope crap in the woods? I don't know the answer to that, Scott Toon. I don't either, but we know that you're getting that figure. I don't know how the two correlate with each other, but we'll make it work. Does the Pope even go to the woods? I don't know. Would he poop there if he did? Again, I don't know, but you're getting that figure. (laughs) I was hoping you kept running with that. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes I'll call Celeste and I'll just like leave the most random voice message and I'll just keep talking into it like Stone Cold did with Christian back in the day. And that's how he came up with the what chant. You just really lean into the randomness. Oh, dude, I go all in. Like, I'll be driving home and I'll just like, leave her like a four minute voice message. <laughs> but it's like all random. It's like about the most random of crap. <laughs> okay. One episode needs to just be all of those messages played back to back. I'll see if she can save them. Excellent. Or they could just be outros. Like, we'll just use one message as an outro for consecutive <laughs> weeks. It's an Easter egg of four minutes of me just talking into her voicemail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like the end credit scene of a Marvel movie, but way better. Agreed. Agreed. By the way, do you, do you want me to spoil Spider-Man for you? <laughs> Please don't. Because I mean, I'm sure it's already been out there. I don't know that there's much that can be spoiled that I haven't seen already, but I do plan on going to see that in a the theater. So for those that haven't seen it, don't spoil anything, Jeff. Okay. So Thanos shows up, right? Oh, he does? I thought he was dead. No, dude, he comes back to life. Everybody comes back to life. You know that. Oh, that's true. So Thanos shows up and he takes these like infinity stones and he starts jamming them up. People, Scott, oh. we have to get into WWE Elite Series 41. What you say? Did you watch the right Spider-Man movie? I might have watched Skeeterman. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Wrong movie. This Skeet Skeet Skeeterman looks great. <laughs> Skeeter man, Skeeter. Anyways, dude, we got to get into WWE Elite Series 41. He's certainly amazing. Scott, before we get into WWE Elite Series 41, lost in my notes because I hit enter one too many times. 
was zombie sailors, Andre the Giant, and Kevin Sullivan grayed out figures, resin prototype figures. Kevin Sullivan is back from his Florida days. It's where he had the uh, dog collar and the chain. And Andre was a retro Andre. It looks good. Yeah, so it's the Andre. It would be like heel Andre from six. Because I think it's the blue singlet, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're correct. Yeah, I think it's going to be the blue singlet, which will team up with the upcoming retro Haku figure. Yes. So you will have the colossal connection, a la WrestleMania six facing Demolition. Yep. That Andre sculpt. And again, we haven't seen a finished product, but the progress so far, it is, it's really equaling up to be one of the best Andre figures of all time. The sculpt on that thing is incredible. And if the finished product is anything close to what that looks like, dude, that thing is going to be amazing. It's going to be in scale with the other retros. It's, so it's going to be a lot taller from what you'd expect. But man, that thing so far looks incredible. Yep. So that will be part of his heels and faces line. Okay. Now it's time for WWE Elite Series 41. We want you guys to go over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Over there, we want you guys to go find WWE, look up Mattel, go over to Elite Series 41, and we want you to follow along with us. Over at Wrestling Figure Database, they have basically every figure ever made. It's a, well, it's a great database to be had. So, Dylan, great job on it. Everybody head on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. For Elite Series 41. Scott, what you got? Yes, sir. Mattel WWE Elite Series 41 consisted of the 1-2-3 kid. And he was in his blue attire, similar to his Hasbro figure. And he included one world tag team title. Next up, Dean Ambrose of the Village People. He was in blue jeans and a black (laughs) DA tank top. And he included two nightsticks and a police hat. The Village People? That's what I'm going with. I like it. Next up, Finn Balor, and he was in his demon attire. He included a demon headdress and wrist gauntlets. This would have been Finn's first entry into the line as the demon persona. And it's one of the finest. To this day, we're on what, Elite 92, 93, whatever it is. This is Elite 41. Stands up still as one of the best Elite figures ever done by Mattel. Next up, Lita, and she was in black pants. And a black, I, I don't know if it's a bra or bikini top. I'm going to say bra, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bra. Okay, so black pants, black bra, and she included two tops. One was a neon green yellow, and the other one was a white top, interchangeable, that you could put over her chest. And that would cover up the black bra. Do you know Lita lives in San Francisco? I did not know that. Yeah, she lives in SF, dude. How badass would that be to go to a concert or something there and see her there? Like, I'm talking, like, not like a big concert like the Chase Center, but like a club show or something. You know, like, Tainted Love is playing, and, like, you look over, and, like, Lita's just, like, jamming out to 80s songs. That'd be cool. That'd be hella cool. Take a selfie. Well, I'd probably call GBM. Be like, dude, you're not gonna believe this. Oh, do FaceTime. Smart move. Yeah, GBM loves Lita. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next up, Ryback. <laughs> he was in his blue singlet and included a big guy weight belt and an orange, hungry, sleeveless shirt. Last, certainly not least, Terry Funk. This is the ECW version of Terry Funk. He was in his white, black, and red striped tights with the black trunks, black boots, and a red headband. He was packaged with the ECW title and a branding iron, just like his LJN figure was. And Jeff, that rounds out Elite Series 41. All right, Scott, let's play the game of Can You Guess How Many of These I Have Signed? Okay, so Kid. Yes. Finn Balor. Yes. Lita. Yes. Terry Funk. No, I haven't had a chance to meet Terry since this figure came out. Each time I've tried to meet him, he's canceled on the shows. Oh, so otherwise you would have this one signed. Correct. I took it to Orlando, and unfortunately he had to cancel Orlando. And then I just haven't had a chance to see him since. So. Okay, gotcha. So three of the six. Three of the six I do have signed. Kid, I saw it got autographed in Dallas for WrestleMania 32 weekend. Lita was WrestleMania 33 weekend in Orlando. And Finn Balor was some random hole in the wall shopping store in San Jose, California. 
Same place I got that figure signed. Yep. And that's where I talked to Finn Balor about his Lego collection. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I told him that uh, my wife and youngest child were sorry they couldn't make the event. <laughs> that's what I said to him. And he was like, I'm sorry too. I need to make a jingle that says, how cringe can Scott get? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the holiday song we play every year. I'm not the Grinch. I'm the cringe. Every single time you tell a story about, like, let's say, meeting Sting or Finn Balor or whatnot, I just play that jingle. Like, just have it right in the background. Dude, I need, like, a shirt made of myself that's me, like, holding a figure with, like, this weird grin on my face. And the bottom of the shirt just says, the cringe. Like, that's my alter ego superhero person. You know what would be funny is if you had that on the front and on the back it says, let's see how cringe this gets. (laughs) (laughs) Will this top sting? Stay tuned. Uh, uh, The one, two, three kid is a good figure. I love the outfit that they put him in. And I like how they gave him a tag title. I thought that was kind of cool. But as you had mentioned, the Finn Balor is one of those figures that it's going to be one of Mattel's defining moments, I guess you could say, or master of puppets, as we say on this show. Yes. It is that good. And it still holds up to this day as one of the best Finn Balors. Sure, they've done other Demon Balors, but I don't know. There's something about this one. The only thing I wish they would have done on this figure, and I think I had mentioned this when we had talked about this originally six years ago or five years ago, was on the arm frillies, the things that dangle down, they're plastic. I wish they would have made those cloth. And I think they did that in the Ultimate Edition, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Um, but they did that with the they did the plastic frillies, the demon wrist gauntlets, as they call them. They did that with this Elite 41. I wish they would have done cloth on that. That aside, small nitpick, this is a great figure, favorite one in the series. Oh yeah, easily. It was it was almost a question of okay, who's your favorite figure outside of Finn? Because yeah, again, this is to this day. And what's crazy, Jeff, is we're getting into figures that we talked about way back when when they were coming out, right? Like I think Elite Forty One came out shortly after we started doing the show. Correct. So we're starting to get into like, okay, this is when the show started. So we totally remember when these came out because we've done new segments on, hey guys, Elite 41 is upcoming and guess what? Our first demon figure. This figure had a lot of excitement. At first he was very hard to find. As more started hitting pegs, he became a little bit easier. But yeah, again, to this day, here we are five years later, it's still one of the best figures bar none that Mattel has done in the WWE line. So kudos to them to make a figure that really stands the test of time outside mm-hmm. of Finn. Hmm. I don't I, Terry Funk might be my favorite out of this one. That's not Finn Balor. Terry and leader are tied. Okay. I, you know, I like the kid. I really love the outfit because it really reminds me of his Hasbro one, but I'm not crazy about the face sculpt on it. Same. And that detracts a little bit. I think if they had a better face sculpt on it, I would like it more. Because they nailed the outfit. The inclusion of the tag team title is great. But the face sculpt drops it a little bit. And I think that really slides Terry Funk into that number two position on Elite 41 for me. Yep. All right. Let's go over the eBay listings for the 123 Kid. Last sold eBay listing was on December 6th for forty four ninety five. Dean Ambrose with the cop hat and the baton. Last sold eBay listing December 12th for $39.99. Finn Balor. Last sold eBay listing December 14th for $99.99. Holy crap. Yeah. How about that? Wow. What does his unmatched go for? You didn't... Don't surprise me with that. Now I've got to look it up during the break. I'm sorry. Not unmatched. Ultimate edition. My bad. I wonder what his ultimate edition... Because it was going for quite a bit. A while back. And I'm wondering how much more that figure is than this Elite 41. We will find out after the break. Okay. You promise? Eh, we'll see. Lita with the two interchangeable tops. Last sold eBay listing December 17th for $30. Ryback with the weight belt sleeveless shirt. Last sold eBay listing also $30. Terry Funk branding iron ECW title. Last sold eBay listing December 18th for 78.79. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so a couple of high-priced figures in there. Actually, you know what, dude? I'm really curious about next year. People that sell stuff on eBay can't go over 600 bucks, or they're going to get a W9. Oh, really? Yes. So before, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it, you had to do like 300 transactions. And if you went over $10,000, then you got a W9 or something like that. Next year, it's just $600, and that's it. Oh, so if you sell stuff on eBay and you go over 600 bucks for whatever item you sold, you're getting a W-9 that you got to report on your taxes. Interesting. So you think there's going to be a shift over to Macari? No, because I think Macari's going to have to do the same thing. Oh, I see. Okay. So uh, there's going to be a lot of private sales. Facebook Marketplace. Again, I don't know if they're going to get hit as well. I don't know the exact places, but yeah, Macari and eBay are the two top places that I think are in a be dishing out some w9s well facebook marketplace you're able to just take it away like you could just remove your item like you could sell it and nobody would even know that you sold it and you could just remove it from so unless they change the way that they're doing that which it's totally possible that they could but yeah i think you're right i think you're gonna see a lot more private sales i wonder if there's a way around that like if somebody makes an offer on ebay and let's say the item that they're selling is like a grand so if somebody makes an offer for like, say, 850 bucks, and they say, okay, I'm going to accept that, but I'm going to take down the listing and then I'll deal with you offline. I wonder if there's a way that they're going to, people are going to start doing that. Well, I would imagine that eBay only lets you do that once or twice before they catch on. Okay. And they flag your account. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to make that a running trend. Understood. So that rounds out WWE Elite Series 41. Scott, we got the listener segment up next. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. First and foremost, I'm hoping... Earlier in this episode, Scott said the Aquanet Minute was Twisted Sisters, A Twisted Christmas. If he didn't, what a way to drop the ball on the first Christmas with the Aquanet Minute and not use his classic. But maybe there's another hair metal Christmas album that I'm not thinking of. So before I go into my weekly question, I want to talk about autographs not being as worth as much as something that's not signed. I come from a particular fandom that this is very true to the point. It's kind of a joke within the community, but at the same time, it is very serious. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I am a juggalo and that's where I credit a lot of my collecting. I mean, granted, I grew up buying, you know, a bunch of different kinds of figures Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Captain Planet, Darkwing Duck, and the Toxic Crusaders. But when I got closer to my teenage years, I started getting into music. ICP is all about collecting. The way that I I can explain to a lot of outside fans is ICP was the best at copying Kiss's template for merchandise. The example that I'm going to use when it comes to collecting is one of their first big albums from the late 90s, and it was called The Great Malenko. This album had four different covers, and everything on the album was the same, except for the different color featured on the album cover, and on the last page of every booklet, there was a color that was associated with of one of four, I would say kind of a pattern or a message where you needed all four of these pages to display a message, which was the Insane Clown Posse announcing what their next Joker's card was going to be called. This one was the Great Malenko. The next one was called the Amazing Jekyll Brothers. If you went out and bought all four copies, all four covers, you could have seen that message. To add to all this... The Great Malenko was first released by Hollywood Records. If that record label doesn't mean much to you, well, it was, or is, I'm not sure if they're still around anymore, but owned by Disney. 
The day that the Great Malenko was released, it was also recalled by Hollywood Records, by Disney, and ICP was dropped from the label. A few months later, they were able to re-release the same album with everything the same in it, same cover variations, and same four-part message. But I do know that is a good example of kind of showing you about the collecting part of ICP, but I'm getting away from the way autographs are in that community. Much like wrestlers, ICP has put themselves out so many opportunities for autographs. Even just me, within a year and a half time frame, I met them three times and got things signed. Two at their concerts and one at a wrestling show. And at their concerts, the ones that I met them at, because they always do like a VIP package. And for over two decades have had the gathering of the jugglos. So getting their autograph isn't hard. But yeah, within that community, a lot of people want things that aren't signed because maybe that particular item doesn't mean as much as it did to the person that got it signed. And I think too, it's, it's one thing to have something signed and then it's one thing to have something and get it signed. I have John Cena's autograph, got it on a Word Life DVD, but I wasn't there when it was signed. So it, it doesn't mean the same as, you know, any of my other wrestling figures that are signed. So Let's get to my actual question after I rambled for so long. With it being the weekend of Christmas, as I'm recording this, it's before, as a lot of people listen to this, it'll probably be after. I want to know, are there any figures or collectibles that you use for Christmas decorations? Now, I know our friend Kenny uses the zombies and those uh, those figures for Halloween, but is there, is there anything, I mean, it doesn't have to be wrestling related, it could be not wrestling related, that you use for Christmas and I have two. One uh, is is a comfort little conversation piece. Well, they both kind of are, but this first one is pretty simple and to the point. If you've ever seen the movie Home Alone, you know that Kevin McAllister watches a movie, a fake movie that is like an old 1940s gangster movie called Angels with Filthy Souls. Well, I was able to buy a, you can call it a custom, but it's someone who you know, put it on eBay and everything, but it's a replica of that movie. Now, I don't know what's on it. I have not put it on in my VCR yet, but the outside box, and I can send pictures that, you know, have so many Home Alone references and Easter eggs on the box. And it's, it's, I think it's really cool. The second thing, I am a huge fan of Jingle All the Way. And because of that, I have a Turbo Man. Now, since Funko re-released Turbo Man this year, I now own four. I own one original, still in the box. The other three are the Funko re-release with one being in the box, still, one being loose, and the third one is also still in the box, but I have Turbo Man wrapping paper because that was was used in the movie. And if you know anything about the movie, that Turbo Man is nestled safely under my tree. So uh, is there any crazy thing like that that you guys use? I love and appreciate you both. I hope you have happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, and I hope anyone gets spayed or neutered after they reheat Taco Bell. Later. Happy holidays to you and your family. And uh, we hadn't actually gotten into the Aquanet Minute, but uh, this week's Aquanet Minute was brought to you by Justin. I uh, may or may not have had that one on my Aquanet Minute, but guess what? Audible on the play. We're changing it up. That is the Aquanet Minute this week, brought to you by Justin. Do you remember that album? No. And that's the bad part is I wasn't a big Twisted Sister fan. My apologies to those that are. Steve Hoker is now just clenching his chest. He's like Ralph Wiggum right now. (laughs) He's like, I used to love these guys. Now I can't. No, I, I just never really got into them. As I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate their music more. But as a kid, I just, they were cool on MTV and I'd watch their videos, but I never went out and bought into their albums. Love D. Snyder, tremendous talent, but I just, I never got into Twisted Sister. And again, I'll listen to them now because they always show up on playlists and I love the music, but I've just, I've never gotten into the band, unfortunately. But their Christmas album is your Aquanet Minute.
Okay, so let's get into autographs. Like he said, Jay, I almost said Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> Shaggy, Two Dope, and Violent Jay have done so many autograph signings that their autographs are just everywhere. And that's what I was talking about Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Bret Hart last week. It seems like those guys are just always at cons. So, you know, is there some stuff that's worth more that doesn't have their autographs on it? Like we talked about with Jeff Verbal Sows, he was talking about how autographs actually seem to depreciate when he looks on eBay. So are you still in the same mindset that it does depreciate value, Scott? It probably does. And as I said last week, though, as a fan, as a collector, it's going to mean more to me because I'm never going to sell my autographs. That's not happening. They're going to go to my kids or they're going to go to you. You know, one or the other, they're going to change hands, but they're not going to be sold. You know, they're either going to go to my kids or you and that's it. So for me, the the monetary value doesn't, I mean, it's cool. You can look at it and say, oh, okay, it's worth this much. But if it's signed by the person, to me, it just means more. As a fan, as a collector, you know, if I've got a Hulk Hogan LJN up on the wall signed, that might bring down the value of the figure. But as a fan, as a collector, I don't care because it means something to me to have a figure that I love up on the wall with the autograph of the person that that figure is of. So to me, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to recommend people go get those things signed, your Hasbros and your LJNs, leave them as is, if you're looking at monetary value. But if it's going to mean something to you to do it, go do it. Look, I actually like seeing autographs on figures, especially like these Mattel Elites or Jack's Classics with a huge window. I love seeing a big autograph on those things, man. Take up the whole bubble. I can see how it does depreciate value. Like they always said back in the day, don't get somebody's autograph on a rookie card. Correct. I do remember that. Yes. The autograph situation is such a touchy one, but like for, uh, like you said, like us, seeing that autograph on that figure brings back where we were when we got the autograph, if we had any awkward conversations and any cringe moments. <laughs> the cringe. <laughs> Scott, the cringe is coming after you. <laughs> I'm going to make this awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my catchphrase. Let's make this awkward. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> Actually, you just saying that is going to make everything awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hopefully word gets around so people see me coming and are like, oh no, we got to record this. <laughs> um. By the way, reheating Taco Bell is kind of funny because my buddy Fred texted Celeste and he said something like, I should be punished for ever even mentioning reheating Taco Bell. Very much so, yes. As as Justin said in that audio, absolutely. It's just a quick flip in the microwave, that's all. Oh, here you go. That's all. Don't that's double all. down, dude. Remember the KFC double down? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I knew I'd get you on that one. Yes. That was glorious. Do you put up any stuff for the holidays that may or may not be wrestling related? Well, let me go back to the the previous conversation real quick about getting an autograph on something that you probably shouldn't. Sure. Let me tell you where my mind is at. If I had a Michael Jordan rookie card, I would have Michael Jordan sign it. Why? Whoa. Because it's awesome to have that card in your collection. And because I love Michael Jordan. And because every time I look at it, I think it's badass. I'm never going to sell it. I'm going to pass it down. I don't care if it depreciates the value. To me, it means as long as it's a legitimate auto, I'm not talking like somebody forges an autograph. Hey, that's awesome. No, that's not awesome. If it's a legitimate autograph on a real Michael Jordan rookie card, I'm a happy camper. I don't care. I don't care how much it's worth. It's great that it's worth something, but to me as a collector, it means the world. So that's where I'm at. I would get my LJN signed. I would get my Hasbro signed. I don't care. Here's the kicker though, and we did talk about this a little bit last week. Autographs on LJNs and Hasbros, to me, are really underwhelming when you, as you said, Jeff, when you compare them to like a Mattel figure that has a nice big plastic window on the front and they can put a huge autograph on it, aesthetically, that looks better, right? It looks better hanging up on the wall. Whereas with like a Hasbro, it's just signed on some cardboard or an LJN, it's signed on the cardboard. doesn't really look fantastic. Yeah, the autograph's there, but then when you look at a Mattel figure that already has nice colorful packaging... You know, especially like on a Retrofest, say like the Hacksaw Duggan Retrofest figure. Mm -hmm. You get the red, white, and blue Hacksaw signature on there. You have beautiful packaging. That looks way better than a signed LJN or a signed Hasbro. So 
Aesthetically, I think Mattel figures are better to get autographed, but if you are going to get your LJNs or Hasbros signed, don't do it because they're going to go up in value. Obviously, we, we pretty much beat that to death. Do it because it's going to mean something to you as a collector. Okay. You just triggered some people that get autographs on the card. On what card? The LJNs or Hasbros? Yeah. Not to say that you shouldn't. Again, if it means something to you as a collector, do it. I'm just saying aesthetically, like the beauty of it, it looks way better on a Mattel than it does an LJN or a Hasbro. It's cool you've got the Hasbro signed. Like, especially somebody like Mitch Little, right? Like he's got a tremendous amount of Hasbros that are signed by the original guy. And that's great. Like that's awesome. But if you were to go out and start doing it now, you know, because Mitch's collection, that's... That goes way back. He didn't just start doing that. That's, you know, that's a really old collection. That's awesome. But if you were to start going out and doing it now, do it because you love it. You know, do it because it means something to you hanging up on the wall that every time you're going to look at that figure, it brings you happiness. That's why you should do it. Don't do it because it's going to increase or decrease the value, which it's going to decrease, apparently. Do you put stuff up for the holidays that may be wrestling related? It's funny Justin brought up this question because NECA has been doing some Christmas figures, namely Clark Griswold from Christmas Vacation. Nice. And Elf. Also, they've done Christmas story figures. Uh-huh. So I'm going to talk to Shannon about some new Christmas decorations because I think it would be awesome to incorporate my collecting hobby into Christmas and put those figures up every year. Because our house is pretty much decorated Nightmare Before Christmas slash Halloween year-round. I think it would be awesome to incorporate like part of what I do into the tradition of Christmas decorating and put out like a, a Clark Griswold and an elf figure. Two of my favorite Christmas movies, by the way. Maybe I'll get a John McClane from Die Hard and put him out there too, just to set people off. And while I'm at it, a Batman figure from Batman Returns to really start the conversations, right? People are going to be like, okay, I get these, but why do you have a John McClane figure? Well, yippee Kaye. This is why he's there. And then we have that conversation. Well, it's not a Christmas movie, but, you know, you can collect. There's the conversation. (laughs) You know, it's one thing that I always put up is uh, stuff that James Frank gave us a few years back. Remember, he gave us a Lex Luger and Andre the Giant. What was those little mini blind box figures that were so cool? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the ones that came out like 15, 16, somewhere in there. Yep. He put like a hook on Andre and he sent it to us. And I every year I put that Andre up on the tree. Love but, it. But the one thing that I always do for Christmas is there was this random little Santa hat. But we found it in a tote, in one of our Christmas totes. And one year, Celeste put it on Macho. And when I say Macho, it's the McFarlane Macho Man from WrestleMania Five. My One of my biggest regrets in collecting, by the way, but continue. <laughs> it's a lot of people's, actually. She put the hat on Macho as a joke. And I always send out the tweet every single year. It's not Christmas till Macho gets the hat. Love it. Yeah, so that's that's what I always do for Christmas. Justin, thank you for all your audios this past year. You know we love you over here, man. Scott, next question comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that bi-weekly question. Well, boys, it's that time again. Time for wrestling figure predictions for 2022. Before I get into it, though, I just want to tell you guys that I've graduated college and got my associate's degree in journalism. Wow, congratulations, man. Congrats, dude. Aside from this being good news, I wanted to share with you guys, because I spent most of my college career listening to this podcast, and it's really helped me get by some not-so-fun times. Now, on to my predictions for 2022. Mattel, not to steal your prediction, Scott, but this year has to be the year we are getting the Dexter Loomis Elite. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a a smart play, a single right out of the box. God damn it, you two. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Mattel, don't let me down. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to revisit this next next year. I'm going to take your predictions, my predictions, and I'm going to save JT's, and we'll also see what he uh, predicts. Perfect. We'll see what goes on. Along with Dexter, we'll be getting elites of Austin Theory. That's a hit by pitch. Come on. Yeah, but he's got runners on first and second. <laughs> Chad Gable, both members of Imperium. Braun Breaker, Cameron Grimes, Drew Gulak, Joe Gracie, L.A. Knight, and Almos. They've already, oh, come on. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, oh. I, I think we're about to get flooded with Braun Breaker figures. 
it's a good guess. Yes. Going off their hint that it won't include a ring, I think the next Mattel creation set will either be Piper's Pit, coming with Roddy Piper, Mean Gene, and Hulk, and Andre Ultimates, an entrance set similar to the Elite entrance set that started this whole movement, or an Elite locker room playset. Oh, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea because it's... Um, Oh, New York, WrestleMania 36. Access, they did show a locker room with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. You're right. AEW, if COVID doesn't derail anything, we will be seeing more playsets from AEW this year, as Jeremy stated on Twitter. Figures we'll be seeing this year include all the new signed wrestlers, Cole, Lethal, to name a few. The Varsity Blondes, Billy Gunn and his son, Ethan Page, Fuego Del Sol, both members of Hybrid, both members of 2.0, and all of the announcers. Let's move over to Master Republic. This time come out of nowhere, but I do think that our friends over at Master Republic are the ones with the MLW license. Nothing on Super 7, but they do seem to be all over the place. And I do like the idea of Master Republic being able to do their Lucha Underground line in a way. Since MLW has this sort of crossover continuation with people from Lucha Underground, Regardless of who's got the license, Series 1 will include Alex Hammerstone, Jacob Fatu, Marshall and Ross Von Erich, and Richard Holiday. FTC, the bad news? FTC's ROH line is most likely going to be discontinued. Um, it's, I'm pretty sure it's going to be discontinued. Well, I mean, are they going to come back, though? They keep saying April. I don't foresee FTC continuing on that road, but... Let's continue. The good news. I see FTC getting the license to do guys from GCW, Impact, or NWA. More of a personal wish than a prediction, but I hope FTC can make a comeback this year. I really feel bad for the guys over there. They were getting ready to deliver more figures to us sooner. They had the ROH roster at the fingertips, and then boom, COVID hits. Here's to hoping 2022 is their babyface comeback year. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hang in there, Jeff. I'm almost done. As I said in my last weekly question, I do think that we will see another New Japan line if the Super 7 one is canned. Assuming the line is done for now, I think we are going to see the announcement for a new New Japan line anywhere from Comic-Con in the summer to later 2022 and 2023. Also, while I'm skeptical of it happening, I would completely close the door on Tony striking a deal with NJPW where they can make figures of certain NJPW guys who have appeared on the show. That's my prediction for 2022. Let me know what you guys think and what predictions you have. Well, next week will be the prediction show and the top 10 show. You'll have to tune in for that, JT. But your predictions aren't bad at all. I like how you kind of leveled them out between AEW, Jazzwares, FTC. I like how you broke that all down. I mean, we still got more to go. We got uh, zombie-making figures. We've got, like you said, Mass Republic. We got FTC. We've got a bunch of figures to be talking about for predictions next year. For sure, and it seems like NJPW really kind of has their hands in a lot of different places in the figure world, right? Because Nerds Clothing is making a couple of retro-style figures, Storm Collectibles is making the Minoru Suzuki. Super 7 still apparently has the NJPW main license for the four at a time in the series. I, I don't know where that is going. To, like It's a lot to juggle, right? You've got three different people with NJPW figures. Does it end up ultimately in one of those courts? Or do they find somebody else entirely to take it? That's It's going to be interesting to watch with NJPW. Absolutely. But next week is the prediction show. Can't wait for that. I always look forward to that because I always like going back and listening to the episode where we did our prediction show last year. And then I like writing them down and then I cry because we were wrong about so many things. <laughs> it happens. It does. It does. But that does round out episode 310. We want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com over there. You can check out the Cardinal and Loose Prices of LJN's, Galoobs, Hasbro's, Just Toys, Bendoms, <gasps> Defining Moments, and Retros. They take the three-month average that is sold on eBay and put them into a database and spits out the number that has been going for the average of figures. So check them out, WrestlingToyTracker.com. Of course, I want to send all of our podcasting buddies love want to start off of course with breaker and bane of course with those guys want to start off with them want you to check out their show wrestling talk toy talk 
random talk, movie talk, comic talk. They got it all over there at Breaker and Bane's Power. Very, very entertaining show. And check out TB Toycast and Breaker's Other Side Project. You know it's fake, right? Also, check out our buddies Doing the Favor, where they did a watch along this past week. So go over there. You can listen to that show on doingthefavor.com. And while you're over there, you can also check out the SKUs and UPCs to see if any of those figures, whether they're AEW Jazzwares or Mattel Elites, have hit your Walmarts or Target. So again, Doing the Favor dot com and scott i remember the last episode of ppw podcast oh very good and it was i don't remember i thought you just said you remembered it i did and then let's I keep in mind it. you also promised to look up the ultimate edition price for that finn balor figure oh son of a God. you're breaking promises you're remembering <laughs> not remembering no i'm kidding of course i remember the last episode of ppw he had chad horror movie barbecue on and those two fine gentlemen talked about my number four favorite Christmas movie of all time, Christmas Vacation. Nice. Yeah. Chad is hilarious. Great Literally, because, yeah, he's one of my friends on Facebook. And I can say, honestly, it's a joy following his timeline. He makes me laugh every single day. He comes out of left field with stuff. It cracks me up. My favorite is Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight? I absolutely <laughs> love when he does that. But just a hilarious, awesome dude. Absolutely. So, And also, I'm going to say the same thing about Steve. He is an awesome guy. Love the guy over there. Definitely worthy of the number two taqueria in Alameda. <laughs> you said number two. <laughs> it's all dick and fart jokes on this show. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> But check out the PPW podcast where they talk about Christmas vacation. Also, I want to send love over to Marco, Seth, and Sheena over at the Chick Foley show. You guys are awesome. Always love talking with you guys. You guys are great friends. Also, you heard that sweet velvety voice earlier from Justin over at Wrestling Cheers. Thank you for sending in your audios this past year. And we look forward to next year, Justin. But in the meantime, you can listen to a show over at Wrestling Cheers. Check out RJ over at Ringside Rant. My good friend Rucker and Marty over at Booth the Face. Tim had a Pulling Up of the Chair episode dropped this past Saturday. So go check that out on Pulling Up a Chair's podcast. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History? Yes, Drunk Wrestling History. We took the week off. But aside from that, you can give us a follow on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk. We do have more new material coming your way. As we recorded three brand new episodes this past Sunday, those will be dropping over the next few weeks to a month. But again, on Twitter, at Wrestling underscore Drunk, give us a follow because we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Also, we want you to check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to the great, the amazing Jason Wolf. Check out his website, Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. Get in touch with him. Get a commission. Check out his custom Hasbro figures. You won't be disappointed. If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. DoyleDraws.com. And Jeff, aside from that, I just want to wish everybody, again, as we did last week, a very Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great holiday with your family. Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, I hope whatever holiday you celebrate was outstanding I always love this time of year. It's great just being with family. And we always kind of laughed at dad every year because Christmas Eve, we'd have the whole family. This was pre-COVID times, of course. <clears throat> we'd have the whole family over and everybody would be gathered in the family room and dad would walk in and you could always tell when dad was about to deliver a speech, he'd kind of stand at the, the front of the room and he'd, he'd kind of look at everybody lovingly and everybody had just kind of noticed dad was standing there. And then it was time for dad to talk and dad would always get really emotional. But at the end of it, the, the message was, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our family. And thank you for taking times out of your schedule to come be with us on Christmas Eve. We love having you here. And as I get older, you know, back when we were younger, we used to kind of laugh about it and we give dad a bad time. Oh, are you going to Ric Flair, dad? <laughs> that didn't mean he was going to corner mom in the kitchen to helicopter her. He was oh, just no. getting emotional as oh, Flair no. always did. So as I've gotten older, it's really made me appreciate this time of year specifically. It's really made me appreciate the time that people take out of their schedules to be with their family. And it's not always easy. A lot of times it's hectic. It's crazy. A lot of times you got family members that get on your nerves, but you still show up, you do the thing. And that's really what this time of year is about. It's about family and being with the people you love. And like I said, as I've gotten older, 
I've grown to appreciate those speeches from dad more than I've grown to laugh at them. So I hope you all had a tremendous holiday with your family, whatever you celebrated. We love you guys. Thank you for being along on this ride with us. It means the world. Happy holidays, everyone. Well, the other awkward thing about dad's speech was he was in his underwear, like when he used to break into the, uh, when your <laughs> friends were- That's not true. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's not true. You just I'm, imagine that. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting my times mixed up. My timeline. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be the person giving the speech that imagines everybody in their underwear, not you imagining the person giving their speech being in their underwear, Jeff. That's where the confusion is happening. I just want to reiterate what Scott said. You guys mean the world to us. You know, you guys tune in every week to listen to our, our DNF jokes and <laughs> reheating Taco Bell. And then, get, <laughs> you know, it's it's so fun to interact with you guys about the silliness of the show. But at the same time, just enjoy the art of collecting, I guess you could say. I want to thank you guys. You guys have made this really enjoyable. And, you know, from past meetups to just communicating with you guys on Twitter. When I can get on Twitter, um, it's just enjoyable to have you guys around and just be a part of this crazy ride of us talking about wrestling figures and DNF jokes. So (laughs) (laughs) the DNF joke show, the the emphasis on the DNF jokes. Correct. So for episode 310, Scott, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy. Fig life since 2016. Happy holidays and happy toy hunting. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 310. Happy holidays to you guys. Hopefully your Christmas was enjoyable and you guys got to spend time with the family. <gasps> Hashtag fig life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M.O.C. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week We're the OGs of WFP Fully poseable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings